computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball? Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined by Tim, a.k.a. Cranjus McBasketball. And Tim, we just finished an awesome interview with the one and only Austin Reeves, man. I just wanted to open up with... That was awesome. We didn't get a chance to overreact to game one because we had this interview coming up, but... Man, he is a really cool dude, and I really think he's going to become a fan favorite in no time. Absolutely. That, that was a lot of fun. It was, it was my personal version of watching two gorillas fight each other pregame. Uh, I am so <laughs> amped up. Do you get that reference? Yes. I, hope, I really hope. I okay, did. I really, really hope the listeners get that uh, reference. Who, okay. who said I'm that? I'm amped right now. Who said that? Was that? Kat. That was Carl Anthony oh, Towns. Pregame, he watches gorillas fight each other. Wow. Well, you know what? Whatever rocks you're at a boat, I don't know floats your boat so let's you know stay tuned and find out which <laughs> what austin reeves watches pregame to get himself pugilism gorillas this is a really <laughs> weird intro we're gonna keep it short though here's now our interview with austin reeves joining us today on the pod austin reeves how are you doing today my guy i'm good i'm good how are y'all excellent thank you so much for coming on the pod man we are super excited to have you um I just first wanted to start easy, man. How are you enjoying L.A.? You, you, anybody recognized you yet? I know we got the mask, so maybe you can hide a little bit better. But in a big Lakers basketball jacket, you know what I mean? Anybody uh, picking you out on the streets yet, dude? Uh, I mean, there's been a couple people, but I mean, most of the time I'm just where I'm staying at now. And then the gym is not is not much other than that. I might go out to eat here and there. But other than that, I'm, I'm staying in the gym and, and just getting as much rest as possible. You enjoying the food, dude? A lot of good Mexican. You getting some new stuff? Yeah, I need. I definitely need to to venture out a little more and then get get some get some other places to go to. But I've had I've had some good spots so far. Oh man, there's great food out here. So you you know, stones throw away from awesome local stuff. So I'm sure For you'll sure. figure it out. For sure. Nice, awesome. So we, uh, I mean, get ch- changing uh, gears a little bit. Uh, We've got some some fun basketball questions for you, and one is, I think, something we've been excited about on the podcast and a, a change we've seen from last year to at least this preseason had to do with the like half-court offense, and we've heard Coach, we've heard LeBron, we've heard a couple guys talk about that new system, and I mean, you can run as much as you want, but at the end of the day, probably three-quarters of your offensive possessions are going to be half-court stuff, so you have to have some good actions, be running smart things, and uh, it's it's jumped around a little bit here and there. We didn't see as much in that first regular season game. Um, but what has it been like, I guess, on your end, going through the installation of a new offense? And I know you guys only had like a day between preseason games. So it, it looked like on the film, like you guys were just kind of like working through it and learning as you went. Is that how it was? And, and how are you feeling about that process so far? Yeah, I mean, we've got, I think it's like 11, 12, almost new guys that, that, wasn't here last year. So it's, it's definitely going to take a little time to get things figured out uh, and really just get tendencies of other people. I mean, both the, with the personnel we have uh, in the, the offensive schemes that we run, it really puts us in a good situation to be successful. So once we get 
all those little schemes down, spacing down, then at the end of the day, we, we've got a lot of talent and a lot of people that can make plays. So it's just going to come down to when it starts to click. And I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of positive from the first game. There was a lot of, a lot of things that we watched back and filmed today and was like, this is, this is really good. Uh, there was a game that we thought we could have won, but some things slipped down the stretch. So, I mean, it, like I said, it's going to be a learning experience the the first couple of weeks or whatever, but we're, we'll, we'll get it figured out soon. That's good to hear. And, and it's been interesting seeing you with your role within the offense going from, I guess, at Wichita State, you were more an off-ball shooter yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. And then moving to Oklahoma, you were doing a lot more on-ball self-creation. We At my uh, site, Basketball Index, we, we categorized guys by roles based on data. And you went from a movement shooter at Wichita to a shot creator over in Oklahoma and in preseason so far you were back to that movement shooter role and we see you within the offense off ball a little bit more spotting up a good bit we see you out there screen setting those good uh, pin in flare screens and stuff get guys going and and I mean most people may not notice that watching live our audience is something that is good uh, pretty familiar with that can you I guess walk us through what it's like being on this side of things, kind of scaling back the role, being that shooter, having to really embrace, you know, that smart screen setting, cutting, just be ready to shoot. What has that been like? And and has being a more on that self-creator side of things helped you now that you're back kind of where you started at Wichita in that role that you are now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, coming into the, the draft, I mean, especially even before I was with the Lakers, uh, you know, I mean, I know as a as a person, I'm a realist for myself. Like, I'm I'm not gonna come in and, and be ball dominant and and all that kind of things. Come off pick and rolls all game. I knew that I was going to buy into some type of role. And and I mean, on that this team, I mean, we got uh, Brian, Russ, AD, um, players that can make plays. So a lot of the times, I mean, people are just going to be focusing on all them, and the backside helps. Going to have to help over crack down on the big. So. There's going to be a lot of uh, open shots on the on the backside, and then like we was talking about earlier with the uh, with the actions that we run, um, a lot of the pin ins on the weak side, uh, just to get movement on the backside, just to play good basketball is really all that uh, I want to do. I mean, if it's a shot for me or a shot for another person, it's, it it really doesn't matter to me. It's just the best basketball we can play. That's awesome, and and I guess last follow up question on the offense, uh, we've been wondering and speculating like. Where did this come, where did this come from? A lot of these concepts are a little bit new, and hearing uh, DeAndre Jordan had that awesome uh, mic'd up segment that we saw on YouTube. The team tweeted the link out, and in the background, as you hear him talking about Carmelo Anthony's like book, they're they're chatting to each other. In the background, you hear I think it was David Fisdale talking like, "Hey, you know, when the defense switches, this is what we want to do." And you got to hear him. <laughs> the audio wasn't great because he was in the background, but. People heard yeah. him like teaching scheme, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's the guy. It's him." <laughs> Can you share no, any no. insight with us as to, I guess, who's leading the installation of this, or where some of these concepts are coming from? It's really coming from everybody. I mean, Coach Fizz uh, is definitely uh, vocal on. I mean, a lot of space and type types of things. I mean, with the with the type of personnel that we have, we got guys that make plays for others. So, if you're in the right spots at the right time, then it honestly becomes easy basketball. And then you play two on one on the backside, three on two on the backside, if you're just in the right spacing. But uh, just to answer your question, I mean, it's everybody. I mean, Coach Vogel, uh, Coach Phil, uh, Coach Fizz, uh, Mike P. I mean, 
literally everybody is, sees different types of things, which mm-hmm. makes it really good. It's not everybody saying the same exact thing. It's, it's coach Fizz saying one thing, coach Mike saying another and coach Phil saying another. And, and so it's all like, it's all really flowing good together. Nice. Appreciate it. So I saw you were talking a little bit about um, watching Joe Ingles and kind of learning and watching from how he plays. And I was just curious about who are some other people who inspired your game uh, growing up. I know we're all basketball fans before we're, you know, media people or in the league, you know. So I'm just curious who you're watching right now even uh, to steal some tricks from and and learn some things like just little. Yeah, little thing. Ooh, I like how that guy positions, positions himself. Or, yeah, I mean you always watch the, the superstars of the, the NBA. I mean, the LeBrons, the, the AD's Russ, I mean, Steph, KD, uh, and then just being a basketball mind, like you can pick up little things that they do. Like, I know I'm not going to play like them and do the types of things that they do, but you can pick up on little things here and there that they do to, to help the team be successful. And then Joe Ingles, I mean, uh, is the person that I say, uh, and it's not so much because like, I think that I play basketball like him, like, um, it's just more of like, he does everything. Like he, he does all the little things. Like he's just a very high IQ basketball player that, that makes the right, the right play. I mean, 90% of the time. So, uh, yeah, I really watch, I mean, I watch a lot of basketball, so really just try to take things here and there from everybody. I mean, look, we were trying to trade for Joe Ingles during the offseason in this podcast. <laughs> I get it. We, you know, we're thankful to have you, man, in that game. Because the thing about Joe, a guy like Joe Ingles, right, he's going to create space, but he's not faster than you. And you don't have to be faster than somebody. I'm a small dude, you know. It's, it's all, all yeah, me- yeah. mentally, if, you, if you're on that high of IQ level, like it, it just becomes like just how IQ and everybody, like how IQ and people. Yeah, make them make decision after decision after decision as a defender and eventually they'll make a wrong one or they'll give you something that you know is there but you know your teammates recognize when you can uh take a shot off the dribble or if you're gonna create and get you know your shoulder past the guy and get to the rim somebody stepping down you're gonna rotate over oh man it's great so i appreciate and i see that in your game man from the, the pick and roll playmaking to just being able to catch and like, you know, one step rotate into a jumper because the dude's a couple feet back. So I love it. I love what I see. How do you plan to kind of work around these, you know, the Russ, the LeBron, the AD? These dudes are the son of basketball gravity. How do you rotate around that and stay in their eye line? And you know what I mean? Make sure you they know you're ready all the time. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just it, uh, the first thing is just putting in the work. Uh, I mean, being in the gym at all times, shooting before practice, shooting after practice, uh, in the weight room, just doing the right things and and just showing. I mean, people around the organization, players uh, included, just that uh, mentally you're with, like you're with it. You 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 want to be there. You want to you want to help and and you're going to do anything that you can do to, to help the team be successful. So really that's the main thing. And, and another thing that I do is I ask a, a lot of questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Rondo, he probably just tired of me. <laughs> one day, man, but, uh, I just want to learn. I mean, uh, I know there was a couple of times of practice today where I asked LeBron some things. So it's just me trying to be a sponge and learning from these high IQ guys, just, 
uh, then I think that that helps because, I mean, I think that they see that I'm engaged even if I'm on the sideline and go say something to him. Like, oh, he's not just over there, you know, twiddling his thumbs. He's, he's actually, like, really locked in, paying attention and trying to get better even not when he's on the court. It's, that's the best way to learn. I mean, I've, certainly not the, 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 NBA, at the NBA level, but uh, coaching with teams, working with teams, being around teams, working in, in you know, non-basketball jobs, getting in there, asking questions, being engaged, like that's the fastest way to get that respect, grow those relationships and, and, and learn. So that's awesome. And I guess hitting off of that same vein with some of those really smart minds, Another part of the game that it's, I think, harder for fans to really see from afar, and, and I'm curious how it's working for this team, is the play calling. Um, some teams, like high school level, coaches are calling the plays pretty much all the time. Um, as you get higher and higher and you have some of these high IQ lead ball handler types of dudes for, I mean, and this team has several you there there may be you know a shift between them calling the plays or them saying you know this you know I don't want to do that this is what we're going to do instead or like I've worked with teams where we say all right we're going into this game we know they're going to play drop coverage here are like four or five plays we know should beat that <laughs> and here's the menu go pick from the menu so you have yeah. balance you have control but we're giving you guidelines we're giving you some of those bumpers in the bowling alley what does that balance look like for this team between coaching staff calling out what's going to happen and some of those players dictating what will happen? And I guess going into the games, do you have a game plan of like, all right, within our whole playbook, this is the segment we're really going to focus on leading into this game and during this game because we know it'll work against how Phoenix hedges ball screens or the way Golden State defends off ball, things like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, we we go over uh, other teams' uh, tendencies on defense. So, like like you said, we know things that should work. But at the end of the day, like uh, it's not just like plays after plays after plays. Like if we ended up just playing basketball. Like like mm-hmm. I said, when we have high IQ guys that um, know how to play basketball, so it's not every time down the floor you got to call something like. Uh, Braun might be dribbling it up and and the little actions that we have, he might call something. But other than that, uh, we want to get it out of the net as quick as if they if hopefully they don't make it. So hopefully we're just getting the rebound and going. But if they do score, we want to get it out of the net as quick as we can and go and and really just play in the flow, playing the flow that that I mean that the defense lets us play. I mean, it's not anything we're walking it up, calling players. I mean, there's certain situations, maybe like ATOs that Coach will draw stuff up, but most of the time it's really just playing basketball and just having a feel for one another. Yeah, and and can you talk to us about the balance between so maybe not like a set like ATO here are five guys and where we want them at all times during this play. Are there like I guess I'd call them automatics or principles within the offensive side of things where you say, all right, if there's going to be a middle drive, we expect this happen to, to we expect this to happen on the weak side, um, or if we're posting up and they help from the top side, we're going to cut that, or if they help from the baseline, we're going to set that pin and flare screen. What just some some guidelines to you know let guys play basketball, but at least get yeah. everybody you know thinking on the same page. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. So, like, if it's a post-up, uh, there's a lot of things you can do on the, the weak side. It's really just um, making the, the right play at the right time is never, like, I mean, always if you got a baseline drive, you want a baseline drift and then people mm-hmm. sliding over in pockets. But it's never, like, you got to do this one certain thing. Like, it's, like I said, it's really just uh, understanding basketball and 
and really just um, having a feel for everybody. And, and that's why, like, I feel like, I mean, after a couple games, uh, once we start getting the feel for one another, because, I mean, not a lot of these guys have played together, then it's really going to hit the ground running and it's going to be special. Yeah, sorry. I, w- I was trying to get in there, Tim, just with my basketball is jazz uh, comment. Like, players, you can have a structure of this is the song, these are the notes at this time, but at a high level with some of these amazing musicians, man, like, it really looks out there like they're just doing it as it's coming. And it's Tim, yeah, and Tim is out here di- dialing up amazing plays. He's incredibly good at what he does. Uh, and you know what I mean? Sometimes he's like, man, if you just do this on the weak side with these two players, they would accentuate e- each other and the off ball people and the on ball people. And, you know, and instead, sometimes they're just like, wow, that was just an amazing play by yeah. chemistry. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, it's beautiful. Chemistry is, is, I would almost say the, the number one most important thing, just because like, if you, you take a team that's played together for a long time and they know each other really well, like then it becomes more of what, like he was saying, like it becomes more of like set certain things because they know Mm. what they're, but it's not actually certain things. It's just the feel of what they do. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go off the court really quick for you, man. I know you're going to be on the road a lot this year. NBA season is long. So, I mean, like, what do you think you're going to be doing in your downtime? I know you're going to be working because you already strike me as somebody who works a lot. You're going to be in the film room. But to, to down, you know, you playing Warzone, bro? Are you playing? You on Netflix? Like, what, what are you doing? Both of those for sure. Uh, <laughs> I actually just started. I actually just started Blacklist. Is that what it's called? Um, okay, Netflix. yeah. Um, just started it a couple of days ago. I watched Squid Games. I watched you. Oh, yeah. uh, I watch a lot of TV and then I also play Warzone as well. But other than that, I like to golf. Uh, All right. Free time. Uh, if, if whenever I get my clubs out here, I'll, I'll be golfing. I mean, quite a bit in my free time. I mean, you probably won't be alone, man. I know there's a lot of guys in the league who like yeah, to golf. A lot of, you lot know? of guys like to golf. Golf you know? yeah, golf's mm. one of those sports that is even if I didn't play before now, like I would want to pick it up just because it's something you can play until you're, I mean, 80, like yeah. you you can always go out and enjoy your day on a golf course. Dude, and it's, yeah, it is like calming pastoral be out on the beautiful, but it's also very methodical. Mm-hmm. And it's, you strike me as another kind of one of these people yeah. who's like very, you know, how am I going to chip? Which iron am I going to use? Like what angle? Yeah. What's the wind? All these factors or, and you just breaking I'm, everything when down. Golfing, when I'm golfing, it's definitely in my mind. Then another reason why I like golf is because it literally when I golf, I takes my mind off everything. Like takes my mind off basketball, like anything. Like when I go golf, I don't, I take my phone, but it's in the cart. Don't really touch it. And I'm, I'm locked in. I love it. Well, bro, if you need any TV recs, hit me up, dude. I got you. I uh, I have a TV writer in uh, my dream passion life. Went to school a little bit for it, so I appreciate a good TV show. For sure. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, uh, back to back to on the court. Uh, question for you on defense. We know defense is something that Frank Vogel cares a lot about. It has been in the past, and I would imagine will continue to be in the future, a path to minutes. If he can trust you, rely on you, know you're going to make rotations and execute the right way, like that. that's an important thing in general and, and specifically on this team. So far, it appears as though the team's base and, and you know it'll change up based on who you're playing but the base pick and roll defense is drop coverage as the as the screener defender you're, you're dropping you're not letting that roll get behind you but from your side of things as the defender of the ball handler um can you walk us through maybe what the communication looks like between you and is it is it going to be the screeners guy is it always going to be ad or lebron like are there certain quarterbacks of the defense or is it always going to be that screener defender calling stuff out to you and then what's going through your mind as you're chasing around that screen and then maybe you have to like crack down on the big if you need to like switch or or if ad steps up to contest and you want to box out like what is the technique there what's going through your mind yeah i mean uh there's not just one person talking the uh, Coach wants all five people talking. He probably wants the people yelling from the bench talking. Uh, just because I mean, good communication, you can even if you mess up, you can work through things if you have good communication. Even if you get in like a scramble situation, if you talk it out, then uh, a lot of the times, if you talk it out and have effort, then then you're put yourself in a good position. But if you're guarding a ball screen, uh, the main thing is is just. Uh, and I mean, it depends on who it is what coverage we're in and things like that. But most of the time it's get into the ball and force them. Uh, if they're on the side, we'll like down it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but just get into the ball and get over the screen and get back as quick as you can. I mean, at some point, if they get downhill and you get into a screen, I mean, every defense, the big is going to have to end up taking the ball. And then that's when you're talking about the crack down. Um, but other than that, it's really just – um, a lot of communication, a lot of uh, really just putting your mind to it and, and putting your heart on the line on defense uh, just because I think it don't matter really. I mean, if you're physically gifted and you have all the tools, it definitely helps. But, like, you got a good mentality on defense and tendency to being in the right position, you'll you'll make good plays. Awesome. And we've seen you, you know, exert that effort and, and do some of those little things. And I mean, with uh, with the guys injured for the next couple of weeks, it, it looks like there's an opportunity for some playing time. If you can get out there, you know, maybe play some small forward, get into some dude's bodies. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I, don't, hey, I don't care what if I go play center if I needed to. <laughs> I might um, we might give up a little size, maybe a little, maybe a little strength. But uh, yeah, I, I'll do whatever. I just I like winning basketball games. Heck yeah. Love to hear it. 
that little follow up on that though, we've seen this that Coach Vogel over the last couple of years has been really aggressive with his point of attack defenders. Guys getting real aggressive, you know, in the past like Avery Bradley, who's back now, uh, to KCP, to Alex Caruso. Is that something that you've experienced? And, you know, he's asked because of all these great, you know, rim defenders and help defense guys that be aggressive, you know, get out there, try to cause some turnovers. Is that something that that's part of the philosophy? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, one thing he doesn't want to do, he hates when people foul. Uh, he understands that uh, it happens. And, but like, we want to keep people off the free throw line. And like you touched on with, with the bigs that we have, AD, DJ, DH, they're, they're massive like uh around the rim it's, it's it's hard to finish around them so really just um you can be aggressive but be smart with it and then know you really got help side on the back back uh weak side or from the big just because uh of the personnel we have uh they're able to look like they're not in a play when really one step and vertical then they're in the play uh i remember my literally i think it was my first practice i had caught one in the corner drove baseline and i was like i got a literally a wide open layup like i don't see nobody <laughs> and i know ad was vertical right in front of me and i'm just like where the hell did he come from so just, just knowing that they you got you got them uh, not help is is it, it feels really good. <laughs> yeah, that no, sounds really helpful. And yeah. and I'd imagine being on the other end of that, it doesn't sound fun. Have sure. you gotten a chance to practice <laughs> against Avery Bradley with him on ball yet? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, All right. Not yet. Good luck. I, I, I've seen. I, I've seen. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, all right, man. I got a little bit uh, another fun one here for you. I know that you are not on Twitter, and maybe it is my little Twitter sphere, but it seems like already, my guy, you are becoming a very quick fan favorite. So I know it's a big city, big lights, but even the role players, you know, you see guys like Caruso come up, all these guys, and we genuinely love them, and we will ride for them forever. But I just want to know, I know you're not on Twitter. Are you ready to get memes, like, into oblivion? Do you see any of this stuff? I I mean, I have my friends that send me some stuff every <laughs> now, but, I mean, it's, it's Lakers basketball. Um, at the end of the day, is is the best franchise in basketball. So, like you said, the fans are – Fans are faithful. They 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 rock with their people. So, hey, I'm I'm all for it. Now it's it's funny some of the things that I've seen, some of the things that my friends have sent me. Uh, like you said, I don't have Twitter, so I don't just sit there and scroll and yeah, see it's probably every, for the best, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I probably would just sit there and scroll all day. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready for all of that. I mean, is is a good energy out here, positive vibes and. I mean, I'm just looking forward to, to what's to come. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. You work, you're working for it, and like we see it. I, I think that's what it comes from. Like Caruso, obviously, just left for Chicago and is looking awesome yeah. and making me sad. But I'm happy yes. for him, you know, because I love that dude, and I will ride with him forever. 100%. But, you know, but we see it in you too, man. Like just your hustle, your effort, your energy, diving after loose balls, getting in it, hitting the face in practice. And uh, have they gotten you a face mask yet? <laughs> the, the, I haven't gotten one yet. I got fit for a mouthpiece the other day, but <laughs> I, I take shots to the face every now and then. In a couple of weeks, we're going to watch the game. It's going to be like, wait, is that Rip Hamilton out there? Who, who is that guy? 
that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, we see a dude in, in respect. So keep doing your thing. And, you know, that's all my question. I know Tim's probably got a thousand more. Uh, keep going, Tim. I will chime in when, uh, when I got something else. Alright, you know I had to ask a data question because I'm a data guy. I, I'm, a, I'm an X's and O guy more or first, but data's it's more information. Love to use it. You want to use the film and the data together. And mm-hmm. I know having been on the consulting side, we'll talk to coaches in, I mean, we work with Big Ten, uh, Big 12 actually. Uh, we'll work with some teams that, you know, beat you maybe once or twice, uh, Pac-12. Yeah. And talking to some of those coaches, some of them lean right into uh, data. Some of them are like, I don't ever want to look at this. I know how to win. Yeah. I, you know, we don't want anything to do with this. At the NBA sure. level, at least from the front offices we've talked to and coaches we've talked to, there's a little bit more willingness. But what does the I, – I know like on the Twitter side of things or for fans, like a lot of the stuff they care about is never something you as a player would ever really care about or want to see. Yeah. Like you don't care what somebody's – these random impact metrics. Like that doesn't matter to you. Yeah. What kind of data – does matter and how does that help inform you when you're like scouting teams or getting ready pregame what what does that you know what does that diet look like for you as a player uh i think the data really comes into to hand to, uh, handy like when you're really looking into like tendencies like how people uh do shooting coming off ball screens right how people do coming off shooting ball screens left like mm-hmm. or really how they shoot off the crossover or like step backs left, step backs right. Like all that stuff really matters. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it is a percentage game. Like, and you want to make your opponents do what their least percentages is. I mean, it'll give you the most opportunity to win. So that's really what I would say that uh, means the most, but I mean, it's not, it's not always going to be right. Like you could say Steph, shoots better going left or whatever, but he comes off right and might make 10 in a row. So, uh, it's not, it's not always a hundred percent like correct, but I mean, that's, that's the way that I look at like numbers and stuff just to see like tendencies on how like we could, we could really, uh, be successful like defensively. Yeah. And I can see that play out with like the team weaking ball screens or, or downing side ball screens. Just like, hey, we know if we make this guy go to his weekend, he's going to hit that pull up jump or he's going to take the pull up jumper way more often than he's going to actually get to the rim. Little things like that. Right. Yeah. And you live with it. Uh, you live with the lowest percentage one. And that's what you funnel them to do is and they're not always going to do it. They're mm-hmm. and players are really good. So they might get it back to what they do really well. So, I mean, that that would be the situation. I say most. Yeah, and and with the coaching staff when they're I guess coaching you guys, um, do they share numbers to help emphasize points? Or I know some staffs they'll they'll look at the numbers, but then they'll distill it just down to the teaching points, and they won't even bring numbers up. Where are they on that spectrum? Uh, they don't really bring numbers up. Uh, like you said, I think it's more just for them to know and then put in specific things to, like I said make people do certain things instead of other things. So mm-hmm. it's not really coaches aren't coming and being like, ah, he shoots 27.4% going or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's more so if they, they look at all that, they know all of it and tell us basically force them life or force them right. Uh, and, right. and that's what with it. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted to make sure I asked you this because like a lot of times we'll hear players be like, yeah, I don't care about those stats because the stats often put in front of them 
like, I agree. They shouldn't care about them. It doesn't, like, you yeah. shouldn't really, it doesn't matter for a lot of these stats. And, like, even, you know, my site, I think we have some hot shit with, like, you know, we've got matchup difficulty and defensive versatility and all this <laughs> context-driven, you know, uh, trying to evaluate talent, all that stuff. But even then, it's it's not really yeah. At the end of the day, you're playing basketball, and that's yep. info to inform the decision making, and that decision making can just be coached and translated to to normal coaching. So yeah. it's being a, just, it's be, uh, it's about being right just a little bit more often. Is, is yeah, really what it gets. Hundred percent. Because that I mean that little that little uh, little thing might I mean when you're a game I mean is I mean you could play anybody in the league, and if you have a little bit of edge, it might go a long ways. Yeah, I mean, if you can add, I guess, two points to the Lakers' point total from every game last year, they probably win. I don't know how many games I didn't look, but maybe like five more games or something like yeah. that. So it's yeah. even those little margins could really add up. For Appreciate sure. it. So and what's then, so? Hold on, I was just really quick. I want to ask what Austin, what his scouting report is of himself, because I think he's probably ooh. objective. You know what I mean? Are we forcing you? I, don't know I about mean, that. don't give it away, my guy. <laughs> but give give us just an inkling. I mean. Oh, this is a really good question. Um, it just depends, really. Like, I mean, here now, I would say, you know, be there on catch, uh, force a dribble to make a play. But at the end of the day, like, at Oklahoma, I, I was a playmaker with the ball in my hand. So, um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, I feel like I do a good job of not being one dimensional. Uh, so really, uh, make myself take tough shots, uh, or, or really just, uh, make myself make the, make the extra pass. Um, but it's hard. I mean, I, I'm, I'm biased towards myself. Of course. <laughs> I, uh, I would hope good. so, bro. Um, that sounds yeah, right. You know, respect think, the three point game, get them, yeah, get them off the dribble, yeah. you know, make, you know, get, get a, make you a, make something happen and, yeah, and play, oftentimes play, you can't especially with our personnel you would i mean if i'm another coach i would rather make myself make a play before i want lebron, make <laughs> LeBron exactly right? yeah so that would be at this level that would be most of my thing really just make myself make plays and decisions um after a lebron driver kick or something like that yeah, so how do you let those plays come to you? Because there are going to be instances where you're going to get a swing, swing, open look. Someone closes out hard and you're going to have to attack the rim and be put in a position to maybe make a play. But you don't want to do that too much. Maybe you just shoot that kind of tough, you know, close out three right there. How do you make those balanced choices in the moment? Just kind of, am I trying to do too much or I just want to let this one fly and keep it simple? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because at the end of the day, I always want to make the right play. Um, there's been multiple times where Russ has kicked it to me. This was in preseason. Russ would kick it to me in the corner, and I would shot fake, and he'd come over to me and be like, let it fly. And I just – me personally, like, I, I don't want to be the one, you know, taking bad shots or um, stalling out the offense. I want – I mean – I want us to have a really good free flowing offense and really get a really real good look every possession. So it's definitely hard, but you got to, I mean, pick your time. I mean, and, and be aggressive with the catch and shoot. Like I said, just because uh, of how defenses are going to play um, Russ, LeBron, AD, um, but really just be ready for everything. If they run you off the line, then I'll make a play. It's, it's basketball. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you catch with an advantage with a guy closing out hard, just extend that advantage. Keep it. Yeah. Sure. Yep. 
Because uh, on the back, I'm going to have at least one person open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. From a, I guess, talking playmaking, reading the floor, from a ball screen standpoint, and this might be more Oklahoma than than all that much you'll be doing this year, but if you're on ball operating in ball screens, is there a specific coverage you prefer to play against or you don't like playing against between like, you know, trapping, switching, drop coverage, some of those, you know, you'll see some show and recover at the NCAA level. What, yeah. what, uh, what's your feel on that? I actually, any type of ball screen action, I, I love playing out of the ball screens because I feel like there's, is literally like almost impossible to guard if you run it right um mm-hmm. just that people blitz you and double you you're playing four on three on the back side of y'all i mean yep. all you got to make the right pass like if it's the hit ahead or if it's the pocket pass to the big um i would say for me the most difficult is especially on our team because of the length uh is like a, a deep drop don't let the roller get behind because it's hard for you to really throw the lob over the big and also like you're coming downhill at a speed the, mm-hmm. like the floater but it's a contested floater so it's mm-hmm. it, it's good for us because we got those guys <laughs> on our team um but uh it's i always it's, it's kind of hard just to to make the right right play in that situation um if it's the lob or the floater or a kick like that but yeah uh, and you I don't really, really see that as much in college no, you you really in college. I mean, most of the time you just see a quick hedge and then uh, do guarding the ball or go over the ball screen under the heads and then yep. be done from there. Yep, it's super super vanilla in college. Um, and <laughs> I, I I love your answer there. Just you know, I love that. You know, whatever whatever you run, there's a weakness to it. And as long as you make that right read, <laughs> yeah, you can the, beat that. And it's, it's not like the NFL where their defense is running different plays every play. It's yeah. like all right, they're gonna be in drop for the next. 10 minutes unless mm-hmm. we just beat the hell out of it and force them to adjust yeah yeah awesome i have all right this is i think this is a fun question i'm excited to hear your answer on this one talking team culture let's say you guys in a hypothetical situation you're you're driving the plane you know plane's not working today we're gonna go drive and play sacramento i guess it's <laughs> Far enough, you need the team how, bus. How, it's, how, far, how far of a trip is that? That's like a six-hour drive, bro. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, nice six-hour drive, long enough that you're going to have to stop somewhere to eat, uh, long enough you need to be entertained, so maybe we'll get some music playing. And it's not the shortest trip, so we need somebody to navigate. So if you had to pick three guys on the roster, one to navigate the trip, one to DJ, and one to pick a place to eat, who would you go with and why? Well, the DJ's got to be Dwight because it doesn't matter if anybody else wants to be the DJ. It's not happening. He's he's <laughs> always carrying around the speaker, a big speaker, and it's always <laughs> so. It doesn't matter who wants to be be the DJ because they're it's not because it's Dwight. Uh, Dwight <laughs> Dwight's got it covered. Uh, the navigator. I would go Rondo. He loves to talk. Um, we're not missing. We're not missing a turn because he, he's gonna be on it. Uh, and then the pick a place to eat. I mean, probably Brown. I mean, he probably knows every spot from here to Sac. So, right. Mellow's yeah. like knows all the wine spots. They're gonna have yeah. a nice fancy dinner somewhere. They, yeah, they can all team up in the back. Yeah, the, <laughs> all of them really. And then they got it figured out. 
Interesting. I love how, so uh, we had Jovan Buha, one of the, the Laker Beat reporters. He was on last week or two weeks ago, and we asked him the same question. He actually gave basically the same responses. Um, yeah. We are like, hey, by the way, we're going to ask Austin Reeves next week, so we'll <laughs> see if you're correct. And, it, you know, he passed yeah. the test. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. That's a, that was a pretty easy question, to be honest, because, I mean, Rondo's going to, he's talking, so, like, he he going to figure that out. We're not going to be, we're not going to be late, and we're not going to miss a turn. He he sees it from 100 miles before. All right. It's too easy. All right, wait, I'm going to add a little bit to it. What if you had to, let's say we're redesigning the travel gear. If, if you had okay. to pick somebody to pick some outfits, who would that be? Ooh. Yeah, now, now it's hard. <laughs> is it preference for me? Because like oh, you're, I, not, I, you're not wearing some Russell back. Westbrook. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I like wearing sweats and a hoodie. Like, yeah. If Rush is in charge, I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable because I mean it's his style. I mean I have no problem with it. Uh, I mean he, he pulls the shit off. So hell yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's it's not really my speed. So. Brian, Brian, be he dress, he dresses classy, um, and he's got good taste. So I, I would say Brian. Yeah, get some of those. I, what was it? The uh, was the one, the one time he had like a suit with the cutoff, like shorts yeah. and, and short yeah. sleeves. Would you rock that? Um, I, me, I'm, I'm wearing shorts and a hoodie. Okay, they they could be like, oh, we gotta wear this and. Eh. I would still might put on some sweats and a hoodie. Austin's a hooper. <laughs> yeah, Austin's that's a hooper. All, that's, that's all for I, the, the pictures before, like, I don't care if I ever see them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it sounds like we're not going to be seeing you on, like, TNT pregame. They're like, oh, oh and here's no. Austin Reeves walking walk-in. into the arena. Yeah, the walk-in. Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Unless they may get me confused for someone else or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, awesome. Tom, do you have any more questions? No, man. I just appreciate having you. Are you playing tomorrow? Can you tell us yet? Because we yeah, want to see you play twice tomorrow. if you're playing tomorrow. <laughs> they can't see I'll you. It's just us. I'll be there. I'll have my jersey on. And I'll have my shorts on, and I'll be ready for whatever. I don't know. Um, I'll be there. All right, man. Well, I hope so. It's been a, a rough injury luck for the Lakers in the first couple of weeks, and uh, I think they've obviously got a deep team. But you you want to see these guys and. If it means you get a little bit more run in lineups you might not always play in, I'm down because I'm curious. Like, I really yeah. am. You know what I mean? Why not? It's the first month yeah. of the season. It's the time to do this stuff. So uh, we are just hoping to see you more in the games, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, sure. You know, do you, man? I can tell I've got a lot of respect for how you approach the game, the realistic, you know, what you were talking about. So I'm, I'm really impressed with the, all of that you've done on the court and off the court. So keep doing you, man. And you're going to be a, a real fan favorite in no time. For sure. I appreciate y'all for having me. Of course. Thanks for joining us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.